Hey, welcome to Journey to Truth podcast. Tonight we have on Julia Gordon Bramer. She is actually a good friend of ours from our hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. She is the first person we've had on actually who's from, who is a local guest aside from my father in the first episode. Uh, she is, she is a professional psychic or tarot card reader. She's been uh, reading tarot cards professionally for 40 years now. And she is ranked in the top 10 psychics in St. Louis. And she's also ranked number one fortune teller by CBS radio here in St. Louis. And she's an author, a poet. She's written a few books, which she's going to tell us about tonight. So uh, we're glad to have you on. Julia, how's it going? Hi, it's going great. I'm going to make one quick correction. I've okay. been a tarot card reader for 40 years, but only, only about 11 professionally. Okay. So. Yeah, ah, okay. yeah. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like when I was sixteen, I was making money on this. Because yeah, it's <laughs> been it's been a long road. <laughs> well, sure. Well, I guess uh, you would just want to start off by telling us like your history and how you got into doing all this and what it's been like for forty years. That's a long time. Sure. To do. Sure. Um, well, um, first of all, uh, a lot of people don't know what tarot even is. Yeah. So, um, so I, I brought, um, I brought some large cards here. These are, these are kind of not the cards I, I read with, but you know, that I, that I do demonstrations with just to give people clear pictures. And, um, and so I'll, I'll hold some of these, but, um, so the tarot is uh, a set of cards. It, it began as a game during the Renaissance, but, uh, in the pictures on these cards are encoded symbols. And, uh, and they have all kinds of meanings. And so um, every card has, has like a character. Well, this is the major arcana that I'm holding and they all have characters uh, that represent things. So the fool is childlike innocence. The magician is our, our young man. Like, like you, you and Aaron both are our magicians, Tyler. I, I oh yeah, that. we do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the high priestess is what I put on the back of my business card. She's the, the psychic or the intuitive. Uh, and everyone's got some of the energy like that. And it goes on and, you know, there's the lovers, there's uh, mother cards, there's uh, warrior cards, because uh, it's telling the story of, of society and culture. And when we use all these cards together, um, they tell us stories about ourselves. And um, so as time went on, um, especially during the uh, Renaissance, uh, which was also the time of the Crusades, there was really only one religion, at least in Europe, that was acceptable, and that was Catholicism. Um, the Catholics, it was the government as well, and, uh, and, and um, the Jews, the, uh, you know, all of these sort of fringe groups uh, were uh, condemned. And the tarot began uh, to encode meanings. And, you know, I, th this is the lore of the tarot anyway, that, uh, that it was a way to smuggle secrets. Uh, for sure, the secrets are in there because every tarot card has numerology built in. It has um, astrology and astronomy. It has uh, actual historical events built in, in, in some cases, uh, depending on the deck you're using. Uh, it has alchemy in it, you know, all, all kinds of, of things woven in. 
And, uh, and, and so um, Vitero is basically like a guidebook for, um, how could I put it? Well, for the, the properties of the Kabbalah. Um, we were talking um, earlier and, and Kabbalah was a word that wasn't familiar to you and, and some other people. Um, Kabbalah is like the umbrella over all of the languages of the occult. So if you think of, think of the Kabbalah as communication itself, and then think of all the ways you communicate. So the tarot is one, um, astrology is one, as far as the occult sciences, numerology is one, you know, all of these different things. And they have, the Kabbalah is like the system of how they all work. So they all work on intrinsically the, the same way, the same roadmap. Uh, which is, um, if you've ever seen a picture of the Kabbalah tree of. So, um, yeah, so, so the Kabbalah is kind of the blueprint of the occult systems. And, uh, and, and so it, it goes deep and the study of tarot and Kabbalah is endless. Uh, so, you know, as I said, I, I've been reading cards for 40 years. I only learned about Kabbalah in the last 10. Uh, and, um, and I'm, I've nowhere near scratched the surface because it's, there's so much to learn. Interesting. So, okay. So you started, uh, 40 years ago. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I sort of, I sort of told the story of tarot, not me, yeah. right? <laughs> well, no, you, that's okay. So what, what was the spark? Like what even drew you towards it? Were you gifted a deck or how did that work? Um, when I was 16, I wandered into a magic shop one hot summer day in the 1970s, <laughs> long before you were even born. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, back in the 70s, there wasn't like this sort of new age thing that there is today. And, um, and, and so this was actually a, a kind of a, a hokey magic shop, you know, with, with abracadabra type tricks, rabbits and hats and, yeah. and foam balls and, and rubber noses and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, and and it, it fascinated me as a kid. But in this shop, they had a deck of tarot cards. And there was this really hip teenage girl who uh, maybe was a little bit older than me and, and a lot cooler. And she saw that I was interested and, and you know, she said, eh, ch check these out, you know. And uh, so she showed me the Rider Weight deck or this, this one is called the Universal Weight, but it's essentially the same thing. This is like the classic tarot. Um, and, um, and I was smitten, you know, I just thought, oh my gosh, you know. And, and she explained, this is real magic. You know, the, the other stuff is tricks, but this is something different. And so I took all my hard-earned babysitting money and uh, bought them immediately. And for the first 10 or more years, I just learned with the little free booklet that came with it, what we call LWBs, little white booklets in, uh, in tarot circles. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and honestly, I think that that was better than if I had educated myself with, uh, you know, books and books, because um, the, the little LWB, it just gave you a couple of keywords. 
And so first of all, it was easier to remember when I was first learning to just say, okay, this card means, you know, love, fertility, blah, 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 you know. Um, but uh, it also pushed me to look into the pictures more and to rely on my own intuition, which was developing at that time. Um, as a teenager, I began to have premonitions. Uh, I remember my very first premonition. I was, I just gotten my driver's license and I was driving my little sister to the mall and I had kind of a, a daydream, a waking vision of a crow on the side of the road with a broken wing. And, um, and I thought, well, why did I think of that? You know, and then about five minutes later, I saw exactly the bird that I had thought of. And I, and, and so that was kind of a, a turning point for me of, wow, what's that about? And, uh, and more often I would have dreams of things that were coming true or, or, or I would just wake with understandings, which is a lot of times if I'm really troubled by something, um, you know, I can ask God, spirit, universe, whatever you want to call it, um, for guidance. And by morning I'm clear and I, and I know it. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as a teenager, I guess I didn't take my spiritual practice too terribly seriously. I was more interested in boys and my friends and, and, uh, but, um, as I grew older, uh, I began to read more and, um, and really to develop more spiritually myself, um, which, you know, the, the first decade, really the first couple decades, uh, I didn't take it so seriously and yet i was getting better and better at it because it, it was becoming a daily or almost daily practice and and a part of me you know were you were you giving readings to like were you actually like going to events and giving readings or were you just starting oh, no. I, I read for my friends i read for myself yeah. back then um i don't read for myself so much anymore um that's kind of uh one thing tarot card readers learn or any kind of psychic uh, reading for yourself, we have so much bias on what we hope and, and what we fear, you know? So um, it's, it's hard to just kind of approach ourselves or our children, you know, people we love um, with like that blank slate. Uh, so it, it's, it's better to go to a stranger, you know, and um, someone who's not kind of too attached to your outcome uh, as, as a tip, if you're ever looking for a tarot card reader. But um, you know, uh, it's, um, as, as I developed, as I got better and better, um, you know, I would get invited to parties. Uh, it, it, the whole professional end of it started when I was in graduate school, um, which I began in uh, the end of 2007. And one of my professors said, uh, you're really good at this. He saw me, you know, I would, I would bring, it to, bring the cards to class sometimes and just read for people in slow times in between classes. And, uh, and he kept inviting me to read for some of his classes and come to some parties. And we would have end of semester parties and I would, everyone would be crowding around me getting readings. And, and eventually um, people said, will you, know, will you come here, will you come there? And I had to start charging for it because it was just too much of my time, you know? Sure, yeah, yeah. That's, um... So that's, that's, that's really cool that, uh, man. So I just, I'm just curious on how did you like, how did you get, go from, uh, this is something, cause I play with tarot cards too. 
Like, how do you know to trust what you're what you're telling people? Like, that's the hardest part because yeah. I'll, I'll 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 think something, but then I don't want to tell them wrong. So then, right? Okay. I, so so I yeah. The biggest enemy of intuition is being afraid you're going to be wrong. You know, it's our ego. You know, if you if you read any spiritual doctrine, you know, whether you're looking at Buddhism or, or even mythology, the ego is the downfall of man. The ego screws us up every time. Yeah. And um, when I first started doing some festivals and everything, I had uh, I had one event that um, two I had two different experiences at one event in Soulard, which is a hip little old part of town in St. Louis oh, for yeah, viewers. Yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> and and I I remember this this guy coming up to me in this event. I had my little booth, and uh, and he's got got kind of aviator shades on, and and he's kind of clean cut, and he's He's kind of, you know, just kind of masculine. And he sits down and in my head, I say, he's a cop. I just, I just thought it, you know, I just felt it. And uh, so I put down his cards and his first card is justice. And I said, and, and, but I was too uh, worried about being wrong to speak up. And I said, well, your first card is justice. And I'm about to explain it and he goes, I'm a cop. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, if only I'd said it, you know? Yeah. And, and, then, and, then, and then shortly after that, um, a woman sat down and I saw her just surrounded by children, all these pages and, and the fool card. And, you know, and, and she had this kind of leadership sort of role showing. Uh, um, and, and so I was like, you know, this feels like a teacher but I was too shy to say it, you know? And then sure enough, she was a school teacher. And at that point, I was like, well, screw this. I'm just gonna speak everything from this point because it was almost more embarrassing not to say it, but you know, cause I, what are you gonna go back and go, oh, I knew that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I so, totally um, knew that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and so what comes to me now, I just say everything that comes to me. Sometimes people will go, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't feel right or, or no, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, that will happen on occasion. Um, and on other occasions, they'll call me back like in a month and go, oh my God, I didn't see it then. And you were exactly right, you know. So, yeah. um, but, but more often than not, I, I'm thinking of a client now that I was looking at her cards and I'm like, I'm seeing some kind of problem with a neighbor and a car. And then, and then she's freaked out and she's like, oh my God, Julia, um, you know, my neighbor and I are fighting about this parking spot. And, you know, and I didn't know that, but it was just there and, yeah. and it was troubling her. And so her energy revealed that to me. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of how it works. And don't, you know, when you're working on cards for yourself, Tyler, don't let, you know, just, just push past the ego because it's going to trip you up every time. Um, another, another thing that uh, another problem I've encountered, which is mm -hmm. definitely more on a personal level, as far as if it's somebody I know and like, it's bad news. Like, I feel like I don't even want to tell them. Okay. So yeah. And a lot of people come to see me and they say, don't tell me anything bad. And I say, no, if it's bad news, it's an opportunity to do it different. You know, like, like I believe, and I've probably told you this before since I've read your cards before, Tyler, 
I believe that I can read your cards because we're connected just by being alive. You know, I, I call that life force. I call it God. I don't tell people how to do God or what to call God. That's your business, you know, but if yeah. you can go there and say, okay, I'm alive, I'm hooked into the God system, then you have great power and you can change things. And so, you know, I'm reading off how your energy is going today. So if I see you like having a terrible accident or something, well, we'll look into that and we'll get some more information and see if you can prevent that accident, you know, um, and maybe just, you know, be a little more cautious or, or not attend something or, you, you know, like um, there is uh, always, you always have power. I would never say you're doomed. So, you know, it, and it is helpful, uh, you know, it, it's a heads up, I think, to people. Yeah. And I've, yeah, I've gotten, what, man, what, three readings from you? At least. Something like now. that. Yeah. And yeah. they've been wildly accurate. And uh, so I can attest to what you're saying. <laughs> I've been Thank on the you. Uh, So, Aaron, you need to schedule a session with her. <laughs> I, yeah. I could do, I could I'd do a quick to. reading for Aaron right now. If if you I love that to. yeah you want to do that sure yeah. I would love you, that thank you, you like that idea all right yeah. Aaron, I'm, <laughs> I got I got my deck and I'm gonna um, shuffle for you um, Just is there tell us anything bad yeah, yeah. Tell us anything bad <laughs> come on guys um it, is there um, something like a subject you want me to look at Aaron or do you just want me to see what I see mm, just see what you see. Okay. Um, I'm going to do like a shorter version just so that, you know, we're not like, um, you know, boring everybody with too much of your personal business. Yeah. Um, something that, that hopefully is interesting to everyone. But so I'm just shuffling for you right now. As you can see. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but that, you know, it's like, it is what it is. And, and you'll always get the right cards in the right order. And then I do my cut. And so, um, okay, so I'm just gonna do, um, gonna do what we call a horseshoe spread and it's seven cards down. Okay, and uh, you, you've got uh, some good cards here. So I tend to look at this, uh, the horseshoe spread, uh, like the next year. So we think where we are right now and where you'll be a year from now. Mm -hmm. So where you are right now, we do have the 10 of pentacles in reverse. When I say a card's in reverse, it's upside down as it faces me. So um, if you look at it right away, right the right way, it's a family and they have like all this money over them. It's kind of a wealth card. But in reverse, it's a card of things being expensive. So I just see you like, uh, oh, you know, times are kind of tight right now. Um, it's not that you've got, it's not that you're poor, you know, it's not that you're starving. There, there are cards for that. You know, there are cards for suffering, but this is just like so expensive. Gotta save for this. Gotta, you know, how am I going to find the money for such and such? Yeah. Um, we were just talking about that right we're literally, before. Literally <laughs> just talking about that. <laughs> yeah, well, well, here you are, Aaron, with the 10 of wands. So you can see this guy is carrying a heavy load. And, uh, and, and it's a load of responsibility, but you are doing it and you're doing it successfully. Hold on, I don't wanna lose my AirPod here. Um, so, uh, so you're busy and you have a lot of responsibility there. Um, the card for today is the Three of Cups. This is a celebration card. It's, it's good times, it's friends. 
um, I do feel like you're basically a happy person, you know? Um, so that's really nice. So all, all of these cards go to a, a top point and your point is a wonderful card. It's the hermit. So the hermit is not about being lonely. Some people see that and they even get scared and they go, oh, I don't want the hermit. It's not, it's not saying that. It is saying you like your time alone. And, uh, and that, uh, uh, yeah, and, and that you need that, you know, um, the hermit is the wise man in the tarot, or it can be woman. And, um, and the hermit is on a spiritual quest. And the hermit may choose to be with someone or not, but you're not needy. And you don't necessarily care whether other people give you like a whole lot of even attention, you know, like you're more about being true to your authentic self. Um, this hermit holds a lantern in his hand and it is the lantern of enlightenment and the idea is he goes off in his own direction and he carries the light and others follow so you know even on this journey to truth podcast you know there's an element of that going on so um as your top card i think that's really beautiful that's the focus of your life that's where your energy is going right now aaron so in the next six months We've got the four of wands. This tends to be a card of setting up a household, um, getting everything kind of in order. And I just feel like uh, you, you're, you're gonna feel like things are more in place in the next six months. We have the three of pentacles. Uh, this is a promise or a commitment. So sometimes it can be you saying uh, that you accept a job, you know, saying, yep, I'm gonna do it. My word is good. Um, it can also be a commitment in a relationship, like a love relationship and even marriage, but it, it's saying, um, yes, I'm doing this. Now, Aaron's last card is is the only one that I would really give you like a, a little talking about to talking to about and and, and I will. Um, it's the two of swords in reverse. So the two of swords is a worrier. Um, the two of swords is stressed out and has a lot of tension. Um, in mysticism, what we put our mind on grows. So uh, you don't want to grow that energy, Aaron. Um, what, you know, if you think about it, like I like to say to my clients, when you're in the car behind the wheel, what you're looking at is where you're driving to. So don't drive to worry. You know, um, the athlete keeps his eyes on the prize. The athlete would never say, what if I trip and fall? What if I don't make it to the finish line? You know, because that opens up the, the you know, potential for that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, doctors have known about the power of the mind with the placebo effect and with the will to live. Um, our minds control our outcome. And, and getting back to Tyler, what you were saying about, you know, fearing the negative. If our minds control our outcome, then we control our minds to change that outcome. So, um, you know, everybody has seen someone who has been in a downward spiral. I, I had a friend whose father died and his girlfriend broke up with him like in a short amount of time. And those two things were enough to make him go so negative. Um, the next thing he had a car accident and broke his leg and then he lost his job. And, you know, and it was just like, if you could have heard him talk and heard, heard his attitude through it, everybody was like, oh my God, he's doing it to himself. You know, because the, sure. the negativity grows and builds. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we, I think we can, we can do an upward spiral, just like we can do a downward spiral. 
and um, and we can build the good too. But you've got to work at it, and you've got to correct yourself and go, oh, I'm doing it again, you know, and reframe, you know, instead of worrying, say, I can't wait for the day when, you know, and and pitch it like that. I just I just want to say the reading for Aaron, uh, just knowing him is pretty accurate he even said setting up a household and within six months like he's moving back to st louis in november oh, cool. in a month uh, and a half. oh yeah. oh that soon okay so it, yeah. is, it is exactly that well, okay wow cool well, he's, he's, moving, <laughs> he's moving back staying somewhere temporarily but i could he might be eventually getting his own place within that time frame it just it, yeah. everything lined up exactly it, right it, it, yeah <laughs> it's very nice very nice. accurate so is there something else you want me to look at? You know, love, money, career, health? Mm. I don't know. I think that was good for the podcast. Okay, feel done. Okay. Maybe yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll see you. We can, uh, do, we can do more on, on, on your own time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, absolutely. But, but that gives you a sense, and it gives your, your viewers a sense of, of kind of what's in the, involved in a tarot reading yeah sure. um, thank you so much for that that was amazing yeah really. sure that was that was sure. very spot on that was cool. like, very very spot yeah. on if you notice a couple times i laughed during the reading i, I wasn't i wasn't <laughs> laughing at you i was laughing because it was like this i'm just like oh yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> well good good uh i have another yeah. question or go ahead Andrew. Uh, i was just gonna say even to the the hermit one where it's like i i like because i really i'm a very introverted person and i really value my alone time doesn't mean i don't like to hang out with people and right you know, but like that was very very accurate and and um i do feel like i i'm always seeking truth and wisdom and, and knowledge and mm -hmm. stuff and and then trying mm -hmm. to like you know get that yeah. out there in whatever way like through well, the podcast carrying the lantern right? yeah yeah so i was like oh man that's uh -huh. i feel like that was very spot on nice yeah, yeah that was an that was an awesome description i was like i want the hermit card yeah. <laughs> uh, um well so have you ever pulled like a bunch of negative cards from somebody or on somebody and and it follows my next question are you do you how do you feel about people having a possible entity attachment or and well, it affects a yeah I, that's that's uh, a, a good question to ask because I know different tarot readers um, have different belief systems about this and actually a, a young man that I'm really close with and even taught him how to read tarot uh, he and I differ on our opinions on this because I believe that I'm a child of God. And so are you, and so is Aaron, and you know, yes. and you know, um, yes. everyone. Um, like that, that can't touch me. And um, and and if it, if someone, you know, yeah, I believe that someone can have a lot of whether you want to call it an entity or negativity, you know, a lot of really bad energy. Um, certainly, people can carry the stuff around. I mean, in the old days, you know, in in the biblical times um epilepsy and insanity you know were demons you know and and i i don't think that that's so far from the truth today like you know it's bad energy um there are some people that i won't read for 
um, drunks. You know, I, I had some experiences where I, I get invited to a lot of parties to do the entertainment for parties. If people have been drinking too much, it, first of all, it's a nightmare for me. I, I like to say there's a reason they call it spirits, you know. And, um, and, and so half the time, you know, they're forgetting their questions that they've just asked me or they're shouting everything at me or, you know, um, like, like that's no fun for me. But then there's also, you know, I've just had people get like out of control, like, you know, misunderstanding a card and not waiting for me to explain it because they just see it and they get scared and then they start screaming or wailing, you know, it's like, oh, so, so that's an example. I mean, I know that's not exactly the, the entity probably that you were uh, looking at, but I actually think that alcohol is a very real demon. Um, and, um, and, and I'll, I'll share that, uh, I have been clean and sober for 33 years. Um, I had an interesting experience once with, um, a friend, casual friend, not a close friend, but he called me up, um, and, uh, he was a terrible alcoholic and he called me up really drunk one night and he starts talking to me and, and he's like, he's like, Julie, you know, and it was interesting because my, my family calls me Julie. My real name's Julia, and and everyone today in my friend circle calls me Julia, and my husband and everything. But but my birth family of origin, they call me Julie, and um and 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 it was weird that this guy did, and the way he sounded like there was something about his actual voice that sounded like my father, who had been a very abusive alcoholic when I was growing up. And I realized in that moment of talking to this guy that I never knew my father. I knew alcohol. And here he was on the phone with me again. And it, it chilled me to my bone because it bones, because it was, um, it was demonic. Like it, it was really disturbing. So, um, so alcohol, I don't want to mess with people who are drinking. It's, it's just ugliness and it's not really them anyway. You know, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's the spirits. So, um, you know, I, I always tell people who are in relationships with anyone with an addiction problem, you don't know that person, you, you know, you're in love with, with the addiction, you know, because that's what sh the, the actual person is so buried and so repressed because that person doesn't want to feel anything, you know, so they go to their favorite addiction to numb it out. So, um, you know, it's, it's like, how in the world could you possibly know someone on, on a deep level uh, when they're just numb all the time, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that's taking, if that's a little too tangential. Um, no, you know, I will, no. I think it's I valuable. I, I just want to inter interrupt for a second. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely valuable if anyone's listening and who drinks. I still even drink sometimes on occasion. I've been, I've been, you no, know, but some people can handle it. Like some yeah. people are not drunks, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm not, I don't condemn, I can't, you know, like I can't drink at all because I'll drink too much, but you know, mm -hmm. I realize, and, and some people can go out and get wasted now and then, and that's okay too, you know, as long mm -hmm. as it doesn't take over your life. Yeah. But what I well what I've noticed or what I will notice if I have a drink 
I know that I, I, cause I look at the world differently now, just after going through, you know, all the experiences and this whole awakening aspect of, of life itself and spiritual development. So mm -hmm. I, I understand the concept of, you know, you open yourself up for spirits to come in when you drink. And right. I, I feel like there's a point where that happens. Like it doesn't happen with a drink. I don't believe. I think mm -hmm. there's a point where you hit a you hit a level, and then, and I'm extremely cautious of that. If I do drink, but it, anymore, it's just my body rejects it all anyway. It's telling me like, no, you're done. Like, don't even. Tell yeah, me. yeah. Uh, well, we feel so bad physically from yeah. alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it's just not good for us. You yeah. know, it's a, it's a poison basically. Yeah. Um, I I will share as far as entities and stuff go. Um, a lot of people ask me about the Ouija board. And, um, and that's so funny to me. I, I have had one. Um, I have used, I've, I've gone, you know, met up with people and, and done Ouija board sessions with other people. It never works for me, ever. And, and my joke is that the Ouija board doesn't believe in me. And, and I, I say that because um, I think I'm coming in as a source of light. So I'm not open. You know, and, and the people who are like, you know, interested in, you know, the dark and the ghoulies and the ghosties, they're more open to that, you know, and for me, like, you know, why would I want to mess with negative energy? I'm only open to the light. And if a, a, a spirit of the light wants to come through the Ouija board, bring it, you know, I'm, 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 that's great, but it's never happened for me. So it does not work for me. So, so I, I think that's kind of interesting. I do have something to add to that. So I, I uh -huh. believe, I believe that that is just a, the Ouija board is just a uh, tool as far as, as well as tarot or, or mm -hmm. dowsing or a pendulum, all the stuff to get answers. I uh -huh. think that if you put up the proper protection, uh, like spiritual protection, surround yourself in a bubble of white light. Mm -hmm. I think that, I think you could have success with it, if you if you if you understand protection and you understand the dangers. You know, uh, uh -huh. you might. If, sure. Well, my attitude is also protection. You know, sure, but I mean, sure. maybe maybe my attitude is just too full on. You know, that I'm not willing to look at anything, and and maybe you're a little more open than I am. You know. Well, it's in everyone's it's all circumstantial everyone's different i've just that just that's just my view on it i don't i uh -huh. and i don't think there's a right or wrong answer here i think it works differently for everybody right yeah oh sure and and we all have our, our spiritual talents too you know like um you and i may be great at tarot and aaron may be like a master numerologist or something you know and <laughs> <laughs> who knows um but uh but i do think everyone has some kind of um, spiritual abilities and it's just uh, whether they want to learn to use it or not you know and it may be just as simple as paying attention to your dreams yes that's another great point yes. hey, journal I don't do this I've been told a thousand times to do it journal my dreams write them oh, down I don't you do should see my my note my, my bedside I always have notepads and I'm, I've written them at night, so I can't see what I'm writing. So it looks like, you know, just scrawl everywhere and writing on top of writing. And, but 
<clears throat> I try to get just a couple keywords because you know you will forget it. You'll tell yourself, oh, yep. that was an incredible dream. And I'll never forget that one because it was so awesome. And then you'll forget it by morning. Right. Right. <laughs> 10 minutes later. Many times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you log your do you log your dreams, Aaron? No, I need to. I yeah. well, I don't I very rarely remember. I I rarely remember parts or any any of my dreams, but once in a while I'll remember. Usually it's just a part of it. Uh-huh. And and then I'll forget it like an hour after I wake up because and yeah, I need to I need to um have a journal or I'll tell you I, I've been journaling my dreams for decades and um and I'll, I'll give you an example of uh of a really um key dream that I had a life-changing dream that I had and um and how I interpreted it so that maybe you and your listeners can um interpret your own dreams so I had this dream when I was in my first marriage and, um, and, and I lived in, in a house with a backyard with one of those, we call them cyclone fences, you know, just the kind of standard kind of steel suburban yard fence. Yeah. And, um, and I used to have this big black dog named Barkley and he was a mutt. He was like a lab mix, lab chow. And he was so, um, this is in real life. He, he was uh, a hard dog to discipline. So in my dream, I was standing at the gate to my backyard at, at, with that fence. And my ex-husband, he was my husband back then, what, had his arms like this. And he was commanding me to take a baseball bat and beat my dog. Just I was beating the dog senseless. And I was sobbing as I was doing it. And I didn't want to do it but I was just doing it at his command. And the whole time, the backyard fence is growing smaller and smaller and smaller around us. And it was the kind of dream that I woke up just so disturbed. Like, you know, you know have you ever had a dream and you think like, you know, something you would never do in real life, you know, mm -hmm. kill yeah. somebody or, you know, or, or in this case, abuse the dog. So I woke up just horrified. Like, how could I even dream that, you know? But then I learned, so here's the thing about dream and interpretation. If you were to write down all the details, like it, like journaling, and then go back and look at every noun and, and imagine that as a part of you, here's how it would translate. So I would have said, um, the Julia part of me was beating down the Barkley part of me, commanded by the Mark part of me, you know. What, what I came to understand was my dog represented my wild, playful, untamable side. And my then husband, was um you know he was like uh really uh you know i don't want to call him names but you know really uptight shall we say and um and and, and not will, willing to put up with playful and wild and and i was killing my personality i was choking myself i was suffocating and my little yard of room was getting smaller and smaller in that marriage and it wasn't too long afterward that I realized I got to get out of this because I'm going to die. And, um, you know, and, and, and I was uh, clinically depressed at that time. I, I wasn't 
connecting the dots that I was so unhappy in the marriage, you know? Um, but that's an example of the wisdom of dreams and, um, and how you can interpret your own dream. Just look at, you know, whatever the details are, you know, if this were a dream, I would say the Julia part of me is talking to the Aaron part of me and the Tyler part of me. So, you know, what does the Aaron part of me mean? Well, you know, I just met Aaron. So he's, you know, just this, you know, friendly, kind of cute young guy, but we got that, that hermit energy. So he's like, maybe more, maybe representing my wisdom side, you know, and what does Tyler mean to me? Well, Tyler, you know, I've known him for about a year and I just grew like especially fond of him pretty quick. And, and, you know, I, I, I suppose I, I feel maybe part motherly to Tyler, part, uh, you know, um, I, I really like to engage in the conversation and get excited about his ideas and the things he shares because he, he uh, expresses what a lot of people um, don't dare, you know, I like his spirit of adventure, you know, so I would, I would sort of look at you too. And so how do you reflect in me? You know, like, like if I, if I had dreamed this conversation, what, what is that saying today, you know, in my current circumstances? Um, there's, we all have, I mean, it could be something simple like the table part of me and the, you know, like, but all of those details, um, get them down if you can. Get down if you remember smells, if you remember tastes, if you remember just feeling, you know, I, I don't know why, but I felt scared or I felt like I was in a hurry or, you know, all of those details will give you information to understand yourself ultimately. Yeah, that's, first of all, that was a great, massive analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that was. It, it was really good. Uh, and I appreciate the compliments that came along with it. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem I have is that I, I don't give myself enough time in the morning. I'm like, I'm one of those people who sleep to the last minute before work. And I'm like, you're in construction too so you're crack of dawn right if i get to work on time i'm i'm lucky some some days you know so in order to stop and do that i would actually i would have to make some changes but i think i really think that there's something to it and i think it can uh steer you on the right path in life there's a message coming through in your dreams some way and the way you describe your dream with the dog is it takes it takes a level of experience and understanding to even be able to interpret it like that because if because if you don't do it you'll never even I like that was I've never even heard that theory before the way you describe oh. it so uh -huh. it's just I think that by by journaling I think that stuff just comes naturally and like you said you'll wake up sometime with understandings and mm -hmm. you're subliminally recording a message you don't understand yet until and then one day it's all written down and then bam you get it right so. um tyler what i would recommend for you just get like a little handheld tape recorder and before you know just i mean all it takes is just a minute of saying it and write it later you know yeah. but just like catch the details they say that if you can move as little as possible i mean like physically like just lie in your bed and try and record it without like lifting your head up even. The more movement, you lose it. You lose the little bits and pieces of it. Oh, I believe Al that. 
Although I do believe that we get the important dreams and I think that's our God connection, you know? So if, if you're meant to have a message, then you're not going to forget it. It'll be the, it'll be the, you know, if, if uh, a lot of times loved ones come to us in dreams also. Mm -hmm. right. And um, we have a cat that passed. Um, his name was Simon and he was the sweetest thing. And he loved me and my husband, Tom, so much. And he comes into my dreams. And um, most recently I said to Tom, I woke up one, one night or one morning and I said, I dreamed about Simon last night. And Tom said, I did too. You know, so he came <laughs> to see us in, in, you know, in the same night. And uh, I, I, I was thinking about that cat shortly after I lost him. And I was um, in Bloomington, Indiana, doing some of my scholarship on Sylvia Plath, which is something else to talk to you about. But, um, and I was, and I remember just sort of saying out loud, I wonder if you're up here with me in Bloomington, Indiana, Simon. And then that night I dreamed about him and I was just like, yay, he yeah. is, you know, oh, that's so, cool. yeah. That's awesome. you know, when we're connected, like the life energy, the bodies crap out and die and it's going to happen to all of us, animal or human. And, um, but the, uh, the energy goes somewhere else and science has proven this, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. we, well, we, we can, yes. Yeah, we can unite the sperm and egg in the test tube and, and create life, but that ha that sperm and egg have to be alive first, you know, yeah. and um and and so yeah, the 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 energy is the mystery, and I think the energy is God, and I think we've all got a part of it. Absolutely, Agreed. yes. <laughs> um, so I want to switch gears just a little bit, not too much, but if you don't mm -hmm. mind touching on it, uh, you were recently approached for your own TV show. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can't say too much about it yet because okay. it hasn't, um, it, ha it, it hasn't, I haven't been chosen. So, um, okay. but I was, I was asked to do a screen test. Um, they're looking for um, a reality TV show on tarot in St. Louis. Oh, nice. And um, and I would be the natural one. I, I think I'm one of the few in St. Louis that I am a full-time professional. Um, I don't do other work anymore except for my writing. Um, you know, but like a lot of the people who read tarot, um, you know, they have a day job and they... Um, uh, you know, also maybe, you know, maybe they also build themselves as mediums or, or, you know, they, they have other things that they do. And so they were looking for straight up tarot and, and that's me. And, um, and I don't think anyone in town has the experience that I have either. So, um, so it seems like a really good fit. Plus I do have a, a pretty good amount of media experience in general. And um, I, I would love to have a go at it because I think it could be a way to get some really some really important spiritual tools and messages to millions of people who wouldn't otherwise get it, uh, and in a fun way, you know, in a yeah. in a hip, interesting, entertaining way, uh, it wouldn't be lectured to, or you know, and, and um, uh, you know, and with real people, I, I I pray I wouldn't want it to be rehearsed. I wouldn't want it to be set up. I want real readings, just like I did for you. Aaron, you know, like I, I, I trust in my own abilities to know that we don't have to, you know, rig this. So, mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I hope that I get the chance, but if I don't, then it's not my path. You know, I never set out to be a professional tarot card reader originally, and that just happened. And I wasn't looking for this TV opportunity, but then they came to me, um, which was cool and complimentary. Yeah. Sure. And so, um, so I don't know, you know, maybe if it's my path, maybe it'll happen like, like the professional tarot job did. Um, if not, then that's cool too. Yeah. We'll that's a great, that's a great outlook on it. That's really cool. All right. Well, we wish you luck. I mean, hopefully. Yes. Good luck. Turn on the TV and be able to see. Yeah. Uh, well, well, maybe I could bring you on or something. There you go. Yeah. I'm gonna make you a star. Yeah. <laughs> First, gonna famous? make me a star. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so you meant you mentioned uh, you you've written a few books about mm -hmm. uh, Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so um, so Sylvia Plath for for people who don't know, she is one of the major female contemporary poets of our time, and she. Um, she died the year I was born. I was born nine months after she died. And I don't know if that has any, any woo coincidence <laughs> or not, but, um, but uh, so she, so. Died, <laughs> she died in February 11th, 1963. And, and I was born November 26th, 1963. Um, there, we have what, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, there's this funny thing online called the Lincoln Kennedy coincidence. And it's all about, um, you know, like it, it lines up the letters of, of Abraham Lincoln's name and John F. Kennedy's name and it, it and, and certain dates and it talks about, you know, um, Kennedy um, was, uh, was uh, assassinated in, um, uh, I know he was the whole grassy knoll and everything. I'm trying to think of the words for it, but anyway, oh yeah, um, the, the, the assassin of Kennedy ran to a theater um, and, and Abraham Lincoln was, was like the flip of that. It was like, you know, he was assassinated in a theater and mm -hmm. ran to like a, a grassy knoll kind of thing. Uh, there, there's this back and forth between Lincoln and, and Kennedy. And there's a back and forth with me and Sylvia Plath. Um, my grandmother's name was Sylvia. My mother was born in Britain and married an American man. And she was born in, Sylvia was born in America and married a British man. My um, grandfather lost his left leg. Uh, her father lost his left leg. Uh, her father died when she was eight. My grandfather died when I was eight. Uh, you know, it, it's just this, you know, and, and it gets like weirder and weirder if you look at, at the numbers and line our, our names up and everything. So, um, so it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to play with. Um, people say, well, do you think you are her? No. I don't think I am her, but I do think she's helping me. And I think for some reason, so Sylvia Plath, um, as this major contemporary poet, um, she's best known for um, shock treatment that she had when she was 20 and her suicide at 30 years old. And, um, and that's really sad that people don't really recognize her for her genius, uh, which was unbelievable. I mean, she was a genius's genius. And what I learned when I was back in graduate school studying poetry and fiction, my own, you know, I, I'm also a creative writer. 
Um, and, and I saw, because I'm also a tarot card reader, I was reading her book, Ariel, which I conveniently have, and I saw a lot of tarot imagery in it. And I went to my professor and I was like, hey, Steve, I'm seeing, you know, this is the, the Knight of Swords and this is the Empress and this is the King, you know, King of Pentacles and, you know, wh whatever. And I'm showing him these correspondences and he's like, I've never heard anyone talk about this. And I said, you're kidding me. Like, like to me, you know, it was screaming out. And so um, he said, why don't you make this your final semester project? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Well, it ended up becoming my life's work because what I realized very soon after was when I explored this book, Ariel, um, which came out um, shortly after her death, um, probably like 1964, maybe it, may, it might've come out in 1963. I can't remember the first version, but anyway, 64, 65, I'm thinking is correct. Her husband had rearranged it. And, um, and so that kind of kept the meaning hidden because what she did was she lined every poem in order of the tarot. And if you understand that her first poem, Morning Song, equals the Fool card, and her second poem, The Couriers, equals the Magician, and, and it goes on and on, well, all of a sudden, you know how to read Pleth in a way that nobody like it, it radically changes the meaning of the poem. It gives us new explanation for all of the symbols that she used because they're right there, they're pictured in the cards, you know? And yeah. she was describing, uh, she was describing the cards as in, in the way they looked as well as the meaning of the cards. And each one of Plath's poems, because the tarot is aligned with the Kabbalah, which I mentioned before, um, they do six different um, the, six different jobs as far as meaning goes. So you can read Sylvia Platt's poems on a surface level, which most people do, and say it's her autobiography. And there's some truth to that. There's a lot of that. But then if you look, if you understand the meaning of the tarot card, all of a sudden you've got her world history and mythology and astrology and astronomy in some cases and alchemy and the tarot and it and and it's all bound in and are in the arts and humanities and really i've never seen anyone pack such a wallop in their words where you could read one line and it could have six clear different meanings um it's mind-blowing to me and so um the big challenge has been getting academia to pay any attention because I'm a crazy tarot card reader. You know, I have an MFA in poetry and fiction, but that's not good enough if it's not a PhD, you see, you know? Yeah. And, um, and they really want to keep her just the crazy woman, the crazy suicidal woman, you know? And I, it, it's interesting times that, you know, um, as I've been doing my work, you know, times are changing and we have this sort of new rise in feminism and this, you know, um, you know, anger toward like the old closed minded age. Well, I think academia is really holding on to it, but I think eventually, yeah, I think yeah. eventually, you know, I, 
I, I've stopped caring about the academics. For a long time, I was going to all the conferences and, and you know, I've spoken um, and, uh, oh, and, and once in Ireland, twice in, twice in England, once in Ireland. Um, I've, uh, I've spoken all across America in different universities and, and some libraries and things like that, uh, some different conferences. What did and you speak on? What did you speak I, on? On, on my books. So what oh, okay. I did was, so, so I have three books. Um, the first book is this one. It's called um, Decoding, well, it's called Fixed Stars Govern a Life, Decoding Sylvia Plath. And this takes um, the first 22 poems of Ariel. There are 40 poems altogether. This was supposed to be volume one, um, but uh, I had some problems with my, with my publisher. And, um, and I'm gonna kind of, I'm doing it differently now. It's more of a textbook. It's heavy reading. Um, it does scare people. I mean, Kabbalah, we were talking earlier um, before we started recording. Kabbalah has many spellings. Um, I spell it with a Q the way I think Plath and her husband, Ted Hughes probably spelled it. Um, but it, it's also, also spelled with, with a K and with a C. Um, Kabbalah began as ancient Jewish mysticism. And then the Christians picked it up and they changed it to the C. Um, it started with the K. And, uh, and then the, the more hermetic version, um, which is um, the change of the century, you know, from the 1800s to the 1900s. Um, there was the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn, which um, really were instrumental in, in this first tarot that is kind of the classic. Um, and, uh, and they began to spell it with a Q. Um, but what I got off track a little bit, Sylvia Plath and her husband, Ted Hughes, were actively into mysticism. And she had her own tarot cards. She was big into um, studying astrology she, and mythology. And, um, and her, her husband, uh, who she worshipped until, until he cheated on her and, and left her. And, uh, and, and then she was pretty upset but um she well, let's, um, let's she, hope that doesn't happen to you <laughs> <laughs> no i i got a good one but um but her uh but you know what i was getting at was they were heavily into mysticism and the occult she's been photographed with uh crystal balls she's been seen doing these witchy bonfires and and um you know practicing kundalini yoga breathing and you know and there's just so much that the world doesn't realize about her um because they just think she's a suicide you know oh she was yeah. depressed you know well there, and, might, there um, might be there might be another reason for that a lot of a lot of these people who were brilliant or, or who were even like look at the whole paganism thing like that stuff gets thrown just swept under the rug they don't want people to realize that there's power in all these spiritual practices. Oh, sure. So she called herself pagan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm so I mean they don't that's part of the, the there's a cover up going on because they don't want I think there's a you know, they don't want us to realize our true potential. So mm -hmm. there's a reason there's a reason this stuff like you like you call academia doesn't acknowledge it or because it's it not it. it's not in their agenda. It either yeah. gets laughed at vilified or dismissed as nonsense right right main, most mainstream institutions yeah and i worked really hard for a long time to try and get you know some validation and 
I just wasn't willing to kiss the asses that I needed to. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you and, um, yeah. and, and that's, yeah. And um, so, um, and, and as I had said, um, I had problems with my first publisher, which this was a university publishing, um, the worst publisher on the planet. I, you know, I won't malign them, but anyone can look it up. Uh, and I wrote an, an article that's um, up on Medium called um, uh, 10 Ways to Know You Have a Bad Publisher. <laughs> so uh, so uh, nice. anyone is free, free to look that up. But um, what I decided to do, um, instead of doing volume two of this textbook thing that I was sort of pushed into doing to validate myself, you know, I had a lot of people who were sort of fear motivated and bless their heart. I mean, they, they cared for me, but they were thinking through the old lens, the old paradigm. And, and so they were saying, you, you've got to make this bulletproof Julia and you've got to cover your tracks and you've got to write it to their voice that they'll be, you know, and, um, and I did all of that and they didn't read it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and so, and so I started um, this series, which I'm just doing one short book for each poem and um and you know i had over ambitiously decided that i was going to produce two of these a season um and oh my god uh, the work involved and and i'm still a full-time tarot card reader you know so uh so i i put out the two i have um decoding sylvia platt's lady lazarus um and then i have decoding sylvia platt's daddy here and and the daddy poem is actually not covered in this because it came further in her book Ariel than this book covers. But um, so, I like how you brought know. all the props along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Can, She's also a prop know. comic, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, so Plath is my thing, but I'm I'm not writing for anybody but myself anymore. And, um, and these Good. books are, they may be not um, selling millions on the New York Times, but they, I sell some every month, you know, and, and I'm cool with that. And, I'm, and, I, and people are still, you know, wanting, they're still buying the first book, um, which I'm going to soon be out of entirely as far as um, the hard copy. And, uh, and I think I'll put the PDF for sale just for cheap online soon because because uh, i want this information out there and i want to redeem her you know if i have any connection to sylvia plath i think um it's my goal to um just show the world that she was more than what they think she was you know more than this basket case sure and um and you know why do i care so much well i don't know um sisterhood maybe i don't know <laughs> But um, I do well, think she helps me, yeah. you know. That's beautiful, though. I mean, nice. you, that's amazing. Th there's definitely a connection. There's a drive there. It could, like you said, she could be helping you. It could be a number of things. But it's mm -hmm. it's it's awesome that you're doing it. And you're pursuing it. It's a passion. And when we find our passion, you have to pursue it. I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not even a choice. You know. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do it. You know, yeah. I, I I might not be like whipping myself to meet. meet publishing deadlines anymore like I'll do, I'll do it when I feel like it yeah. but but I I read Plath every day and I you know and, and I just find myself you know digging deeper into this or that and, and um I have a, a I have a lot of books that um that are almost done <laughs> so uh 
yeah. So one day I'm going to release it all to the world. <laughs> you mentioned a lot of the spiritual practices and stuff she was doing, like the Kundalini yoga and all that stuff. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, that stuff is like making a comeback right now. Like, oh, yeah. Becoming extremely right. popular and uh, widespread. It's not an accident, I don't think, that yeah. this, is the, this is the time for her to come so, back. So as exactly, so as that information comes forward, people are going to synchronistically discover your books and it's all going to tie together and you'll understand mm -hmm. why. Uh, and which brings me, so you do tarot and you don't read for yourself. Uh, do you do like, as far as like spiritual practices, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you do? I'm just curious. Um, well, okay. So I meditate every day. Um, I meditated before this. Uh, just because I wanted to be channeling the right energy and focused sure. on the right thing. Um, I, uh, and actually my meditation has amped up a lot this year. You know, it's interesting with the TV thing, um, which they approached me in March. And, um, and yeah, I, I feel like this has been a year of preparation for me. So um, I, I got... Um, uh to level two in in reiki uh if if you know about reiki the oh, yeah. healing spiritual I even, energy i didn't even know that about you that's that's yeah oh it's a new thing yeah sure. it's, it's I, new yeah. and i'm not i'm not a master by any means but um but i wanted to learn about that and um and i'm just kind of going deeper into my own spiritual pursuits um automatic writing uh which of I've course comes that. naturally for me as a writer yeah, yeah. Um, working more with, uh, you know, kind of actively calling on visions. And um, I think everybody has a certain amount of mediumship. And um, I tend to do it best through the cards. Uh, so I do look at people who've passed sometimes. And, um, and just if there's a message for my clients energetically, uh, that shows up in the cards. Um, so yeah, I've just sort of been pursuing a lot of this stuff more deeply uh, with a lot of good success. I, I feel like I'm stronger. I feel like I'm a better person. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm not willing to give my energy to st stupid stuff. I had something today that there was an incident on Facebook and I, I was in a private group and um, and this the the main person in the group who i was always very fond of um uh, but she said some horrible things and i mean um it was violent and vicious and i was like in that moment like i don't care like that's not it even if you're joking like it's not yeah. cool it's not cool to talk about killing people i mean it yeah. came down to that um and 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 like gleefully like it was it, it creeped me out you know that that's bad energy. Yeah. And I, and I, and I told her and I said, I'm out. And I left the group and I unfriended and I blocked her. And, um, because I don't want that in my life. Well, that, that you know? toxicity can, if you do, if you do engage it and you do recognize it, then it, it'll, you become part of that. And that, that right. is it brings you down in ways you won't even recognize. Right. And, and I have found, you know, especially too often in my past, um, I, I did sort of the rescuer thing where I cared about people who were in such dire needs. And, and I was missing the fact that they really have, um, they brought this on themselves usually. 
and they have a lot of emotional work to do that I can't rescue them from. And it was ending up just being totally taxing to me. Sometimes I was wasting money, so you know, wasting money, wasting time, you know, suffering unnecessarily. And I would so much rather be about love and light and doing good for, you know, people who are like actively trying to better their lives, you know, instead yeah. of trying to save the self-destructive person or whatever. Up oh, here comes Rufus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <the big> cat. <laughs> Rufus wants to be the star. He, he yeah. likes to monopolize. <laughs> To another room is it oh, no no you're fine okay. actually how okay. far how, how long have we been going there i don't have any reference of time around. oh gosh i don't even know it's, it's uh, almost eight o'clock what time did so, we start actually I we mean, started we started a little late um i think an hour and 10 or hour and 15 okay maybe yeah well we can so, uh probably close to wrapping it up yeah we could do that um yeah uh, so, is there anything? I one last thing I remember I wanted to ask you. You you had mentioned to me about uh, so when I gave you those crystals, you talked about a crystal grid, and yeah. that's something I'm actually really interested in right now. And uh, what did you discover is in your research and like setting okay. up? Okay, have like a grid well, house or what is? What you gave me, if I'm remembering right, you gave me um, a. Um, uh, uh, what you call it, the, the goldeny, the gold, uh, tiger's eye, the tiger's eye, and you gave me a, and you gave me a citrine, and you gave me a rose quartz. Correct. And so, um, because I do feng shui also, there's another, another spiritual practice, which I really think there's something to that, you know, which is about what you, um, how you organize your house and, and the flow of energy, and especially eliminating a lot of clutter and, 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 you know, it, it feels better. Like, I think everybody knows like how good a clean house feels, you mm -hmm. know, and, sure. and with, and, and, and feng shui is just like a step beyond that, you know? And so, um, so I put the rose quartz in what we would call my, my um, bagua for love, you know, bagua is, is basically the, the center, the, you know, um, for love, you know, love and relationship and friendships, because that's what Rose Quartz uh, works for. And then the, the citrine, um, gosh, if I can remember that one right, um, I, I think the citrine is, is under my mattress. And I think that's just for my good energy and my strength. And, and um, if, if I'm remembering that right. And then um, the, the tiger's eye, I actually do carry with me. Oh, that's, nice. that's a that's a different kind of strength and protection you know and um yeah and there might be a little wisdom in there too but um but the stones are said to you know crystals is a, a whole other practice um and i have many i mean actually let me show you um so this is my little table setting here my little altar you know and i got okay singing got bowl, my, yeah like yeah i got all kinds of my crystals and shells and and um and so I, um, uh, I, I read about it. I, I'm, I'm by no means an expert, but they're beautiful. And I like the idea that anything that you put intention in, you know, like it doesn't have to have, I mean, we give it the magical properties because we're children of God. Right. Yeah. And so, um, and, and so, you know, in, in this room that I'm in right now, this is my dining room and in feng shui, 
this is the the helping hands uh, kind. Of, it, it it's a it's a room of uh, uh, bringing people together. It's um, it's a, a place uh, to connect with others, to get assistance from others, to give help to others. I have a symbol on my little altar here uh, of a hand, you know, just, just for giving and receiving. Um, and then I just have all kinds of little crystals that mean different things to me about relationships and what I hope to um, promote, you know, um, your success, you know, yours and Aaron's success. And and um you know and and building each other up and and you know and just positivity um i definitely am a believer in what we give we get back uh the more i do for others and the more uh interest i take in in building up my friends and my and even my acquaintances um if they're not if they're not bad energy um the you know the better it it's been for me and uh, and and certainly, uh, my life has come a long way from uh, the days I, I was a teenage alcoholic, you know, and um, and I was very poor for a long time. And uh, you know, um, after my first marriage that I told you about, oh, Rufus, <laughs> um, we had, um, uh, you know, I, I was a, a poor single mother and and struggling. And um, my life's come a long way from from that place. Well, I think by doing what you just said, by just by being a better person, helping service to others, you know, doing doing everything from a heart-centered perspective. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. He really wants to be on camera. Yeah. He does. Think, he does. I think that I think that naturally creates abundance in ways that it, it almost makes it effortless. You don't have to work so hard to try right. and make to try and exist to try and make it in this world. If you're doing everything for the right reasons and helping other people, and I know all, all Aaron, the people who suffer yeah. with money, and I used to be one of them, uh, those people are um, first of all they're completely self-absorbed, as as I was. They're uh, completely focused on the negative and all the ways they lack. You know, I read the most interesting thing: um, uh, the the poorest Americans. The absolute poorest Americans, so you know, maybe homeless, whatever, um, are still 30 times more wealthy than those in third world countries. And just Jeez. think, wow, wrap wow. your mind around that, you know? And so we know in America, even if you're homeless, you can probably get clean drinking water pretty easily. You can probably get some electricity it might it might be intermittent or you might have to borrow it from someone you know but like they just don't have that at all over there you know yeah. and um and, yeah. and 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 help you know you can probably get food you can probably you know so there are um you know we we focus so much on lack and and if you keep that spiritual principle of what we put our mind on grows you know if you're always looking at what you know what what's wrong and what you need you know if we start saying i'm blessed you know it's like yeah there can be some inconveniences but look what i have right now you know i have a roof over my head and i have cool air conditioning on a 90 degree night and i have a big fat red tabby who loves the heck out of me and i have you know and i have food in my belly and i'm not hungry and i'm well and you know this stuff matters and we got to grow that and you you if you 
practice gratitude, gratitude and yeah. grow the good, um, you're just going to find that, that it just comes tumbling in more and more. And then, of course, like I said, sharing, assisting, you know, whatever you can do and give to, to those who are on your path. And we got to build the light. You know, it's such a dark, miserable time. And I know so many people who are just focused on the news, which is, I know I don't have to tell you guys, um, it, it, there's a lot of propaganda and mind control and we don't want to, you know, like, don't be a part of that. You know, um, I have had people unfriend me because I wasn't angry enough. And I just think, wow, what a, what a <laughs> I, statement that I've is. I've experienced that before. People are like, that, this doesn't upset you? Why don't you, like, how can you let them get away with this or something? Right, and right. I don't exist. And yeah, I don't exist. I never, I don't, I won't feed any of that energy ever. Actually, yeah. my entire life, I've kind of, I've kind of um, removed myself from it's that. It's just, yeah. you know, they've decided that they want to be so upset and miserable. And, you know, I don't deny that bad things happen. I don't deny that there's, you know, mass shootings and the immigration thing. And like, you know, there's a lot of terrible stuff, but guess what? There's also a lot of really beautiful stuff mm -hmm. and we get so swallowed up. You know, I, I take my clients to this new coffee place, which I'll, I'll I'll give them a pitch, a Revo cup is what it's called. And it's right on Dorset Road. And um, it's owned by this wonderful man who um, came from Ethiopia. And he told me his story. And he was um, a refugee during, I read up a little bit because I got interested, you know, that, I mean, if, uh, most of us Americans don't know much about Ethiopia. But um, communism took over. And, um, and the way the communists handled rebels and, and really anybody was they just starved everyone. And they figured, and, and, and they were doing this mass genocide just, just to kill everyone because then problem solved and they don't have to control anybody, you know? Yeah. And so, um, so my, my friend um, ran and he, uh, he was a refugee and he ran into Kenya and he stayed there for a little bit and he finally got his papers to come to America he told me 22 years ago, he came to America, he didn't have a pair of shoes. And, um, and he's built this cool life. And he's got, not only does he own a coffee shop, but he's also got a gas station and he's got a family. And he's, he's like, God bless America, you know? And, and who says that anymore? You know, it's like almost shameful if, if you say that. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't wanna say that I am with any parties honestly i think political parties really divide and uh and i and i hate that um i don't want to you know i am like i do not want to be part of that negativity whatever you want to call it i am with my friend nebu you know and building growing the good and seeing well what is what do i have today and what can i do to make the world a better place and how can i matter and how can i you know change things in my small way so if my small way is doing a meaningful tarot card reader reading, which a lot of times it is, and a lot of people tell me that I've even changed their lives sometimes, or if it's, you know, saving Sylvia Platt's reputation or, um, or saving cats, which I've done lots of, uh, yeah. you know, like I just want to be positive and that's cool with me. And, um, you know, 
Yeah. Bummer for them. Bummer for the haters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great message. I mean, I think anybody listening uh, will would agree. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just the way. I think that's the way we have to be in order to see a change. You know, that we have to, whether it's just like just one person at a time, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Gandhi said it, be the change you wish to see in the world. Exactly. You know, and and if you're, um, to get back to my uncomfortable experience on Facebook today, um, the girl who I was horrified by uh, wrote me and she tried to explain like, why it you know oh it was vigilante stuff it's like all all you know why she's right why it's okay to want to kill these people it's like it's not okay (laughs) sorry no i agree yeah yeah so um yeah so i think um we all if we just do our part and try not you know try to keep the focus where it needs to be and not get eaten up by the negativity, which yeah. is so big and so bad, you know? I think, I think we've um, all experienced it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, it's as oh, simple yeah. as what you focus on grows, right? right. Um, so yeah. like energy flows where attention goes or whatever that saying mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, and um, Mother awesome. Teresa said it this way, a famous kind of... Uh, analogy she said you can invite me to an anti-war rally and i'm not interested you can invite me to a peace rally i'm first in line exactly exactly we have to be the peacemakers Mm -hmm. and it's not cool to kill the bad people (laughs) who decides who's bad you know yeah Yeah. Uh, and it goes it's also like um if you're if your only stance is like against things that's not right that's not a foundation. Like you can't just, Bingo. It's, it's like you have, what are you for? It's like, what do you love? Right. Focus on that right. and like lay your foundation there. You can't just, cause yeah. so many people are there, they're against, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, being like, I don't resonate with this thing. I don't agree with this mm-hmm. thing. Obviously that, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like or agree with that are out there. But if that's all you're focusing on, that's, there's a problem right. there. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I love people and some people make me mad. Um, and some people, you know, test me to my (laughs) degree and, and even the person I unfriended today, you know, I wish her love and peace, but I just, I also choose to protect myself from that energy, which isn't good for me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and I don't want to be related to it either. You know, I don't want to be in this group that thinks that that's cool. You know, like, I don't want somebody to say you were on the list. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that's what happens nowadays with anybody. Like say you did make it on your show and somebody digs up something from, right. your, digs no up something from your past yeah. that has no relevance <laughs> to anything. Oh, she, she commented on this Facebook post and, oh yeah oh you see tweets coming you know tweets coming up from five years ago that are so buried that you know some celebrity did you know yeah should have thought better than that (laughs) to me it's like i'm such a different person than just five years ago let alone 10 15 20 years that like 
if someone digs something up from my past that far i'm like i'm not the same person so oh, <laughs> yeah totally we do we grow and change to where I'm absolutely at and 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 i don't and i believe everybody can grow and change. facebook memories yeah. are a telltale sign of that when they yeah. pop up, oh my gosh and i'll see old, old posts i'm like yeah. I, I don't even believe it was me sometimes it said that oh like you just it's come such a long way you know well with yeah. me i just 10 years ago i was super super christian oh, like uh -huh. i grew up in that i grew up uh -huh. in, a very, in a very christian family and i was super christian until i had i called my awakening when i was 25 uh-huh i started questioning my own beliefs and started going down all these rabbit holes and until I'm not where I'm at today. But um, yeah. I, I'll see like Facebook memories come up from 10 years ago, nine years ago, and they're like a Bible verse or like a very Christian, right. sure. dogmatic well, Christian thing. And I'm like, ooh, I like cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, for, for the record, um, I, would, I would love to just insert a name if you ever want to read a, about um, the writings of a guy named Neville Goddard. Yes, he, he's awesome. He has yes. reinterpreted Christianity. Yes, and he, it's like he, he's got blowing. like the truth in there. It's oh like, my gosh! Yeah. Well, you know, I just think I really I think Christianity is awesome if you know how to read it. If you know, you know? the true teachings, and if you know and the so yes, yeah, you can't get hung up on the dogmatic, you know. And I and I but don't that's think what that I there's. Used to, I used to be very caught up in the dogma. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think that there's just one way, and I I think that churches like to tell you that, you know, or all major religions like to tell you yeah. that. But I think there's a lot of ways, and it's just the the brand that speaks to you best. But I honestly, after I found Neville Goddard, I just revisited my Bible and I, I love Christianity, but I don't necessarily believe that Jesus was a, a living flesh and blood person that was walking on the earth. Yeah. Um, may, maybe he was, but I, I don't, I, I think that there's more evidence that, you know, he's a great analogy and a great teaching tool of that. what we should be. You know? I could see that. And I've heard a lot of people, a lot of, and a lot of people believe that I'm not set in stone on anything. I'm open because I, as of right now, I'm kind of leaning towards he was a real person, but he was like an ET. Um, yeah, like an ET, like a benevolent <laughs> ET that came here sure. to show people how to live and to try to get us on the right track. And sure. we turned him into a savior figure and a god, and you know, it. Yeah. The, this religion formed around it, like because there's like uh you know his true teachings that kind of got buried are a lot of them and then it got turned into oh i'm god sent, you know i'm god's son that got sent here to die to save you from your sins because you're all sinners well, i mean that's not at all that, what his teachings actually well, were well neville goddard explains it that we all have the crucifixion and we we all have to um basically kill our ego selves and yeah. rise out of that and 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 own our god self and that is you know the salvation but, yes and that i 100 percent agree and that's almost the opposite of what i grew up being taught and what i grew up believing because you, got, you were gotten, told to be a shameful sinner. You're, you're you a shame. Yeah, uh -huh. shame. Like you're a worthless right. sinner that you basically give your all your power away to an out to this outside God, Jesus or uh -huh. God. Um, in in mysticism, shame is the lowest level vibration. Yeah. Like 
yeah. like you know we have our, our different levels it's and uh, yeah you gotta gotta elevate shame bad news <laughs> yeah and you're taught that like your your only worth is you believing in this god that's saving you so it's like you don't it's like instead of you taking responsibility for yourself and being a sovereign being that you you know we each are our own saviors essentially but you're taught yeah. that like you can't save yourself that's like evil to think that you know it's like mm -hmm. you know that's a that's a lie from satan and all this stuff right. so i grew up believing like fundamentalist it, it's yeah. kind of yeah and it like uh -huh. it kind of makes you it it kind of like blocks you from ever taking true self responsibility, and at least for me, sure. Because well, I, if you th it's an it's an excellent method of control, and and if you think of yeah. where it came from, so getting back to you know the the um, Renaissance time when with the Crusades, the government was the church, yeah. and so um, and so it was you know they need they wanted to control the masses. What did they want? Well, they wanted everyone. They wanted all the good Catholics to reproduce, you know, so they yeah. made the rules about, about, you know, be fruitful and multiply and all that stuff. And, and, um, and they did not want them thinking for themselves, you mm -hmm. know, they, if they could just be um, agreeable, you know, um, in the original writings of the Bible, there was reincarnation, yeah. but um, Pope Constantine took it out because he thought it wouldn't be a good idea for people to think that they had other options like if they yeah. didn't get it right in this life you know so he's like no no let's just have one life here yeah and, everything and that was like self-empowering got taken out right uh, everything exactly. in like the book of enoch the book of thomas and and, yeah. and all the mystical, oh and, and power for women too yeah course, and all the mystical you know? stuff and the stuff that like really was like the deeper truths that like really mm -hmm. mary magdalene became a whore you know and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> right? Yeah, attack on the divine feminine, totally. Yeah, with that. Uh -huh. and, um, right. and then you're a worthless sinner, attack on, you know, self-sovereignty and, and uh, mm -hmm. our divine, our own divine nature. Uh, and um, giving your power away to an outside force rather than claiming your power. Like, you know, it's like so many things got reversed. But again, like you said, there's so much truth in there and it really depends on what you focus on. Because yeah. Yeah. You know, you can go to church and you can focus on the good stuff like love your neighbor as yourself, like love and and joy mm -hmm. and peace and oh, uh, Jesus Jesus taught it all beautifully. Helping I, I'm the thinking poor. of the, the Doobie brothers now. Jesus is just yeah. so <laughs> Yeah, if you yeah. just like read Jesus and like what he taught and that you know If you really... just read Jesus, Jesus was a Buddhist. By yeah, the way. exactly. So, he, yeah, he, so that's fun. He was, yeah, he learned like the Eastern um, mm -hmm. traditions and, and wisdom. And that's what he was really teaching. But then it gets turned into this, its own religion. And now it's, oh, this is a Western religion. And it's like, well, Jesus was, he studied in like India and like Tibet, I think. And <laughs> right, uh, right. Like, yeah, no one really knows, do they? He actually talks about thirty-three. He actually talks about the third eye if you know how to read certain passages, and mm -hmm. talks about reincarnation if you know how to interpret certain passages and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. But 
but unless you really know know uh, you know how to interpret these things because you get taught i got taught those things oh the, he, this is what he means and it's not at all you know mm -hmm. what, what he's actually yeah. and then who, my well go ahead i was just say and, and then who are these people the whoever the preacher who are they to tell you what it means and, and you know, right. that goes back to you can't think for yourself i need yeah. you to yeah. what to think and what to believe i i i was a complete opposite of that I was, I was, my families were, you know, Catholic and Christian, uh, both sides. And they, they, we grew up, you know, we got, we went to church and, and I never resonated with it, even as a kid. Like I, I never bought it. I don't know. I don't understand why I didn't. I just, I just, I always knew there was some, something didn't line up right for me. Uh-huh. Wasn't your truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I remember like when I would get, my mom was like hardcore and, uh when i would get in trouble she would make me put my hand on the bible and be like uh <laughs> tell me the truth right now did you, tell, did you do that or not you know and i would just sit there and tell her i didn't even though i did because i was like that doesn't mean anything anyway you know uh, <laughs> put your hand up like in court yeah <laughs> you swear to tell me god bless <laughs> but it, it was just like i saw no true uh I saw for for me, I saw no true like power within that. Like, you mm. know. yeah. Well, you were you were I, more in tune with your your soul, probably. You know, that's why. Maybe. Yeah. Are you I'm not disregarding? I'm not disregarding any of it. It just mm -hmm. like you said, it wasn't. It just see it. It totally me. spoke to me. I went to Sunday school, loved it. I had really meaningful friendships in my church. I think my church was there for me in really hard times, you know, and, um, and, and maybe even saved me through some of the darkest times of my life. That's um, but I, but, you know, I, I'm not sure it was the doctrine so much as the people also. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but it mattered to me and I, um, and I got a, you know, I, I really did absorb you know the prayers and the the stories and and the meanings of them and and they've come to have new value for me uh as that's, a as a practitioner of mysticism today yeah that's fantastic and that goes back to you know it's there's so much good in there and it just depends on what mm -hmm. you focus on and what the people at the church you go to are you know yeah where yeah. they're at and what their um their vibration is and what they're focusing on and preaching and because um, right. you can yeah. either be caught up in the bad stuff or the dogma or the negativity, um, but you can easily not, and you can easily focus on the love and the and and helping each other aspect of it. And right. I, I I would say I had a lot of both. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of both growing up. But I remember uh, I remember asking my dad one time. Like why why he did why we didn't go to church why he didn't go to church anymore he's like he goes because he goes because I know what I believe I don't need to go somewhere and have him tell me yeah yeah uh -huh. and that that yeah. just always rang that rang true I was just it's always stuck with me I should say I was like that's so yeah yeah on. for me for me you know like I I'm always wanting to learn more. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do a lot of uh, audio books and um, and of course, just regular reading. Um, but that's my church today. 
You know, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't go to a place, but, but I want to expand my knowledge. I want to uh, think of things in new perspectives, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's and, exactly, and that's exactly that, where, the way I see it now. Yeah. Uh -huh. but, yeah. That's what church did for me before too, you know, like, like yeah. the old traditional church, I guess, you know, it depends on, on your church too. I mean, some yeah, may be better true. than others. Yeah. They're only, they're, they're run by people. They're only yeah. as good as the people in them. I mean, yeah. the best part of it to me is that it's a, it gives you like a loving community to be a part of or mm -hmm. hopefully yeah. a loving community um right kind of built in you know but um but at the same time to me now where i'm at now that i just i can't <laughs> i can't go back mm -hmm. to that because it's you know i because i can clearly see all the lies and the and the bad to me bad stuff stuff i don't resonate with stuff i know is um is not true and goes against the natural way things work yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh and 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 things being preached so so strongly like hell at least in my i grew up in a baptist church oh wow okay. yeah so fundamentalist christian baptist you know yeah so hell gets preached about a lot um you know things like that and it's it just like it makes me cringe because i'm just like oh that's yeah. so damaging to be to be telling right. people and it's so like hell is right here so yeah exactly. So is heaven. <laughs> exactly yeah. you create it yourself it's not a place you go because of a belief that yeah you yeah not, you know which <clears throat> you ever, have you ever seen that there's a meme out that has uh it, it compares religion to spirituality and like religion is a is a fish inside of a bowl under the ocean and then swimming in the ocean Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that. That is a great yeah. name. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. So well, I think I, gonna, well, go ahead. I was going to start. Oh, I was, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I think uh, I should wrap it up because I know my husband's going to be walking in any minute. <laughs> <Band practice. laughs> well, um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We touched a lot. It was extremely fascinating. I learned a lot, actually. Uh, Good. And I think uh your views on everything are awesome if anybody's listening there's a lot to there's a lot to gain from from this podcast i think uh is there a way people can reach you if they want yeah absolutely uh, um my website is julia gordon bramer.com and j-u-l-i-a-g-o-r-d-o-n-b-r-a-m-e-r.com um there's a contact thing through the website there and i have a blog and i have all my tarot information and, and all my plath information too so it's all in one place um uh my phone number 314-517-0158 and i take calls um you know I, I turn it off when i go to bed um but uh, i take the phone rings day and night and um you know leave a message i'll get back to you and uh, i would love to set up a reading for anybody who wants um they can text me as well uh or they can find me on facebook although um i tend to be kind of maxed out on the friends thing um but yeah. uh uh i do check my what is it called the other file or something when you're not friends and somebody from the outside writes yeah um, it, yeah so um so yeah there's uh, lots of ways to find me and uh and uh, yeah i'm pretty easy to find i think if you just google my name you'll you'll get my website also so right. um well, thank, thank you guys you. so much yeah thank you yeah, for coming on you. yeah yes. everybody check her out go buy her books 
supporter. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, get a reading. Hi, Tom. And here's my husband. Uh, <laughs> so, Hi, all right. Okay, well, Thank have a good guys. night. How's it going, Tom? Okay. Hey, what's up? Uh, he, he can't hear you because I got the AirPods in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, oh, well, Rufus says good night. All right. It's synchronistic. <laughs> All right. Here we go. See you later. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.